On today's first round KO, we continue our NFL season preview and we actually wrap up our NFL division predictions with the AFC North today. We talked the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Bengals. It's a good one. Let's get it. Shock the system. Welcome to the most must-hear WSUW sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, and I'm joined, as always, and for the last time on Skype, Mr. Connor J.D. Moore. Ladies and gentlemen, I not only come to you as the advocate for the soon-to-be reigning, defending, undisputed MVP of the National Football League, Deshaun Watson, I also come to you as the commissioner of the Hawk Talk Battle Fantasy League, a league in which a lottery that I put our names <laughs> through still gave me the number one pick in the draft. Uh. And I've never laughed so hard looking like... The only time I think I've laughed that hard at something like that was watching the actual NBA draft lottery. <laughs> but I was just, I was just plopping through, you know, just click, you know, clicking the button to like reveal what everyone comes in on as and everything, because I plug because I plugged the names in in an absolute random ass order, and so I'm getting closer and I'm in the top five. I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm I'm in the top five. I'm probably I'm probably gonna get a, the number five. Okay, maybe the number four. All right, maybe the number three, number two. <laughs> like no, nope. Kamish magically gets number one. <laughs> <laughs> like the like, I know it's I know it's not rigged. I know it's not rigged. I know, me too. <laughs> because, and I say this with all due respect, Anne Marie, but Anne Marie got a top five pick. Uh, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler is number two. So, yeah, that's how you know it's not rigged. You wouldn't have gave them high picks. <laughs> oh, I probably would have. Because I'm not, I'm not sure how much fantasy football. I mean, like I said, I that's just true. met Tyler last year. He was a freshman. I mean, all of them were freshmen. Uh, Kim and Marie and Tyler. So, I don't... I, I have no idea what I would have done with the job. I probably would have just been in the order everyone, you know, joined the league. At, at that point, like, I think is like, I think it's just a random thing, like is the, the standard uh, setting and everything on ESPN. But still, like, I get the number one pick. I think I think Tom is last. I think Kim is seventh. Are you sixth? I think I was six. Yeah. Are you sixth? Uh, and I think Kiz was five or was he or was he three? No, uh, Brett Cow, Favre, guys. Cow was five. Okay, Biceps Cow Monday. Was, yeah, Biceps Monday. <laughs> Biceps Monday was five. Anne-Marie, four. Kiz, three. Tyler, two. And somehow, someway, when I tried to make sure, I almost intended to not get the number one pick because I knew somebody was going to be like, really? <laughs> but, and yet, I got the number one pick in the draft. So... I have a decision to make until seven, roughly seven thirty Friday. I have decisions to be made. 
Oh my goodness! But you'll get to make those decisions in Whitewater. Uh, that is very true. Because you are officially moving back tomorrow, and we will be doing the podcast with both of us in studio. And it's yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait, and you guys should be very excited for Friday's episode. So basically, what we're saying is, at, at the moment this podcast is is released, whether or not you listen to it right at nine or listen to it later in the day, by the end of the day of Wednesday. I'm physically back in Whitewater. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, so, yeah, lo- look forward to that episode on Friday. Both of us in studio, and we will be concluding our NFL season preview when we do a special playoff edition, predicting everything as far as a wild or a, a wild card you know, weekend type of thing. We're going to be predicting every playoff thing and who we think is going to win and go to the Super Bowl. But that's Friday's episode. Today, we're finishing our division previews. With the AFC North. Uh, so, and this is my favorite AFC division because my AFC team, despite my love for Jacksonville, my AFC team is Pittsburgh. Just because I randomly fell in love with them when I started watching football. No reason why. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk AFC North history a little bit. The Steelers, from the looks of it, have dominated this division ever since it became the AFC North. In 2002, they won right away in 2002 and seemed to seem to have won just about almost every other year. <laughs> um, they won. They've been to do two Super Bowls since then, I believe. Look, looks like it. Uh, yes. Yeah, they've been to two Super Bowls. They won against C- no Arizona. Seattle was before. They and then they and then they lost to Green Bay. In 2010, Baltimore has won probably. It looks like Baltimore's about second place as far as total AFC North wins. AFC, or, yeah, they have won it. I'm not. I'm not even sure. But the last time they won it was back in 2012 when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, then we go to the Cincinnati Bengals. The last time they won it was actually 2015. Wow, I actually don't remember that, but. I they have not advanced in the playoffs in a very long time. Usually they every time they make the playoffs they lose wild card weekend. It's been a it's been a struggle for Cincinnati um in January. And then you go to Cleveland and honestly I don't see Cleveland as an AFC North champion. So, that kind of wraps up the Browns history over the past couple decades. Let me see if I can go back and th- Oh, yep. Okay. The last time that the Browns won the division. It was the AFC Central. They had the Houston Oilers. They had the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. And Cleveland won back in 1989. They were 9-6-1, and they lost in the AFC Championship game. That about wraps up Cleveland's history pretty well. So let's just dive right into it. Let's talk about the 2017. Well, yeah, let's talk about what, what happened last year. Um, I know... That Pittsburgh, sorry, I have th- I'm unprepared today. <laughs> hmm. I know that Pittsburgh has been dominating lately. Um, yeah, so last year Pittsburgh they won the division thirteen and three, and they I believe were the two seed behind or no were they were the one seed? I don't remember. 
but anyway, they they were either the one or two seed in the play, in the playoffs. The Ravens finished in second at nine and seven. The Bengals reversed that with a seven and nine in the third place, and then the Browns, as we all know, did not win last year at all. They were zero and sixteen. So let's talk about this year because this division is actually kind of interesting this year. So let's talk about it. We're going to start in Pittsburgh. Connor, what do you think about the Steelers? Uh, real quick before I get to that, apparently they are really already released a DLC post-release content for the new Spider-Man game coming out. So as if I needed another reason to buy that game. Anyways, <laughs> uh, football, right? Football. football. <laughs> All right, Antonio Brown, one of the league's elite wide receivers, without a shadow of a doubt. Ben Roethlisberger, can he fight Father Time? Who knows? Juju on that beat, Smith Schuster. I love saying that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um so true story. Yeah, you remember Laura, right? Yep. The, the one, the what? Yeah. Um, absolutely in love with Juju Smith Schuster. Good. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, should I was be. Like, I was like, should be. Dude's I great am. on and off the field. Seriously. Super entertaining. Uh, Levy uh, on Bell, who my fancy name, who my fancy team name is named after. Legitimately, is he gonna play? Like we don't, we don't know these. Like, what's what's happening? I think here? he he will play. Like he's gonna play, but it, it, I, the hope that he resigns is so so gone. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, he's he's not gonna resign, but I I do. He's gonna have to play because if I I think if he doesn't play, they then he ruins his chances of getting more money when he wants right. to sign with a new team. So, I mean, and I feel like they're okay with him walking out because it seems like they're very confident and very pleased with James Conner. Yes. Who who I think, who I also think is a really great, is a soon to be really good running back. I think he'll be a really good starter uh, wherever he goes, especially in Pittsburgh. I think he should stay in Pittsburgh. Yes. Which I think he will, obviously, if they're going to let Le'Veon walk, not by choice. But, you know, I expect Le'Veon Bell to have almost an MVP type of year this year if he really isn't gonna going to resign if he's made that crystal clear because it's going to be an absolute bidding war uh, for him in the off season. So, I mean, offensively, a lot of talent, a lot of firepower, and Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben looks like medium Ben. He should, you know, because <laughs> he he I believe he cut carbs out of his diet and he look he looks great. But we'll see if that translates into him being more health, you know, more healthy this season, or rather healthier. On the defensive side of the ball, Cameron Hayward, really good defensive tackle. Uh, Stephon Tuitt, T.J. Oh, oh my, T.J. Watt. There's something in there's something in the water in Wisconsin with the Watt family. Anyway, specifically in Pewaukee. <laughs> specifically in Pewaukee, apparently. No. <laughs> John Bostic, who I. I know about John Bostic. He was a bear. He was pretty good, actually. I liked him. I do he remember him, yeah. He laid the smack down on some people, and it was great. <laughs> uh, Morgan Burnett, the safety position. Joe Hayden, I think, uh, starting, I don't want to say ha- is having a career renaissance, but he's definitely picking up, starting to be be shedding that washed up label Let, let's just say it's good that he left cleveland <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh my goodness yeah. yeah i think his career definitely stalled but he's yes. definitely he's definitely showing talent as to why at one point he was considered a potential premier threat at the cornerback position this is a team that honestly should win the division 
They they really should because there's there's question marks really in every single other team in this division, and they and this and the Steelers have significantly less than the other three. So on paper, this team should win the division without a problem. Yeah, they're definitely the favorites going into it. Like I I don't think that's even like a question because <laughs> you know kind of looking at the other teams. You have the Bengals who are kind of in this weird purgatory kind of place where they're kind of good, but they're not great. So, like, do they rebuild? Don't they? The Ravens are seemingly in the middle of a rebuild, kind of, but they still have Joe Flacco, so that's interesting. And the Browns are towards the end of a rebuild, but we don't know how that's going to pan out because it's a lot of young players. But this team is proven. This team has been winning they were 13 to 3 last year and they really didn't lose anyone you know assuming that Le'Veon Bell plays and he's a fantastic running back I would say top top three in the league for sure um oh obviously and then you know on the they added on the defensive side they added Morgan Burnett who's a fantastic safety I can say that because he was in Green Bay I got to watch him play he's fantastic so I Adding that is going to help their secondary a lot, which was a little bit of a struggle last year. Um, but yeah, the, like you said, Jordan or Cameron Hayward and Stephon Tuitt, fantastic defensive tackles or defense defensive ends. They're going to make a lot of noise. Uh, you know, specifically in the run game, a lot of people don't like. A lot of people forget that those two are fantastic run stoppers. And then you know they're gonna they're gonna rush the quarterback a lot too. Uh, Bud Dupree, underrated linebacker. He's really uh, he he stalled his his first two years. Everyone thought that he was a bust, but he's really started to find his legs in the NFL. The other linebackers, the or the middle linebackers, I should say, are a little iffy. I like L.J. Fort and John Bostic, but it, it seems like they're second string right there. So we'll see how that works out. T.J. Watt, fantastic, like you said, something in the water in Pewaukee. Because JJ is fantastic. TJ has shown a lot of promise. And Derek, I believe, is the other one. Derek Watt, he's a fullback for the Chargers right now. And, yeah, they're all just really good football players. Uh, Joe Hayden, like I said, found a new found new legs in the NFL. He's playing really good. He'll be the number one guy. Cameron Sutton, he'll be really good, too. And Artie Burns is pretty underrated. Overall, I really like that defense. The secondary is going to be strange and i'm interested to see how they do um but i i think they'll i they'll be able to stop offenses their opponents offense more than this offense will you know like their opponents won't score as much as their offense because this offense is fantastic antonio brown top three receiver juju smith schuster has the potential to be a top five receiver like fantastic and he's got a lot of energy and charisma which really i think brings more energy to the rest of the team and then after that, you have Justin Hunter and uh, Darius Hayward Bay, fantastic receivers. So that's a really good receiving core. Um, I like Vance McDonald and Jesse James. Neither neither tight end are really fantastic, but they're both solid. Uh, offensive line has been really good lately. It's been really consistent, uh, specifically Pouncey, Villanueva, and DeCastro. Fantastic. Oh, and Marcus Gilbert, obviously. Duh. Yeah, and even Ramon Fox. Yeah, this line is fantastic. I really like this offensive line, which is going to be good because Roethlisberger, great quarterback, first ballot Hall of Fame, he gets injured a lot, so he's going to need to be protected because even though he looks like medium Ben, he's. I don't think he should run as much as he does. 
he still will just because that's who he is. But, you know, if they keep him protected more and keep him in the pocket, that's going to help the overall team because he's not going to get hurt. They're not going to go two or three game stretches without him. So I think that's going to help a lot. Having that offensive line is going to be really good. Uh, but, yeah, overall, I really like this team. And it's not that's not even, like, my, my fan fanatic bias. Like, this team is really good. And I think they – kind of have to be the favorites coming out only because this league has especially with the new penalty rules this league has become completely offensive orientated so like you look at you know I really like Jacksonville but they don't have as nearly as good of an offense as Pittsburgh and even New England who is the other like I don't think they're as good as last year I don't think that their offense isn't nearly as good because the receiving core is weak and running backs are iffy and, you know, I think Tom Brady's going to fall off. But, like, I think that this offense, like, this is their their window is closing. They're, they're going to lose Le'Veon Bell, and I don't know how much longer Roethlisberger's going to play. This is their year. Like, this needs to be Pittsburgh's year to at least make it to the Super Bowl. Because if they don't, their window's going to close really hard. Um, Yeah, that's about all I have on this. I think they, I think they're a Super Bowl team. Do you want to add anything? No, I'm not. <laughs> All right. No. Let's talk about. No. <laughs> let's let's move on then to the other most interesting team I think in this division is the in the last two seasons have only won one game, the Cleveland Browns. Connor, what do you think about the Browns next year? This year. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Oh boy. <laughs> you love I have had a soft spot for the Browns since Johnny Manziel. And in all honesty, I've had a soft spot for the Browns since Colt McCoy oh, was there. Colt McCoy. I, I don't know why, but I really like the Browns. I always tend to make a quarterback for the Browns on any Madden game, you know. <laughs> any, you know whenever I buy it once every two years. Apparently this year looks decent though, so I'll give so I'll give, year, Matt, so I'll give Matt a nineteen. I, I can attest, yeah, this year it's pretty good. Is it is it better than last year's? Yes. Okay, I, I, I hope you're right. It's just basically just not a Madden eighteen reskin. But no, I, anyways, I so. I mean, I'm definitely gonna buy it because Mr. Jake Kumro better make a fifty three man roster. But he that's better. The point. the point is, uh, the point is Cleveland Browns IRL. So let's, let me talk about the Cleveland Browns IRL. And adding Jarvis Landry to the wide receiving core was one of the best moves with or without Josh Gordon. And when he comes back, some I can't remember who said, I believe it was Chris Carter, actually. And I didn't watch it live, but I saw it on Twitter. And he was saying something about whether or not Josh Gordon is elite this season or not, whether he's, whether he's a game breaker or not, and anything like that. As long as he's healthy and he's playing, and he's contributing to the team. He and the Cleveland Browns are, are should be considered winners in that situation yep. because of just how easily it looked like his career is just about to, you know, hit the deep end. Basically, it was about to be over. So, and I completely agree with that statement. Uh, offensive line obviously took a massive, massive hit when. Joe Thomas retired. Yep. It's a shame that they really couldn't do much when he was there, but obviously he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Easy. You know, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, 
David Njoku is a is an up and coming tight end. J.C. Treader, a fairly decent center. The quarterback position is where it gets interesting. <laughs> Muy interesante. You have Tarad. Yes, Tarad Taylor. Tarad as as the starting quarterback. Who I can't say enough good things about Tarad Taylor. I've always liked him, even when he was uh, a backup in Baltimore. There were many years where I was like, "Can we please, can the Bears please go get him and have him as a start?" because I thought he would be a good enough starter not yeah. elite but good enough yeah. and then of course and then of course the number one pick in this year's draft Baker Mayfield who seems to be following the trend of rookie quarterbacks in, from this draft that are really staking a claim in, you know staking their claim as far as the I should be the guy week one argument and he's looking really good at that Carlos Hyde as a running back has he's a so, you know, he's a power back with speed, someone put it. I think Lewis Riddick on ES, on NFL Live. And I completely agree because you don't – he's so deceptively fast. You only – I always think of him as someone who just can knock somebody's head off at the truck stick. But, but he can also turn on really the Jets. Good. Exactly. You have Duke Johnson who is a speedster. And then you have Nick Chubb sitting back there as a third string who is waiting in the wings. And then we have the defense where Miles Garrett, you know, still a, a, a young, up-and-coming, premier defensive end in the league. Denzel Ward at the cornerback position. Terrence Mitchell. Jabril Peppers, I think, is starting to really... I think he's found his niche over at the safety position after he was pretty much the ultimate utility guy coming out of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Jamie Collins, Joe Schobert, Christian Kirksey, Emmanuel Ogba. We've seen actually so far in this preseason that this defense can get after it. We, yeah, they, they can really get after it. They and shut I've out always, the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I I feel like I've been saying this about this Browns defense for a while, you know, the past few years, but they just never bring it to fruition during the regular season for whatever. The most promising football team in the National Football League. If I had to take all the teams that I say have potential, they have to be the most. Pro- the most, if not one of the most promising teams. Easily. Easily. And you have, and you, with all the young talent that they have on this team, with, and even with experience and everything, this, you said it best. They're at the, they're at the end of the rebuild. They're a couple pieces away from not contending, but being, but being certifiably competitive. Yeah. They are just a mere few pieces away whether those pieces are already in-house and they just haven't turned them loose yet or whether they have to go get it in free agency or maybe it's going to take one more draft. But this team is so promising. If I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, I should be excited about this season. Even though I know they just came off a season where they did not win a game, I sh- they have the right coaching staff. I think Hugh Jackson's the right guy. They have so much potential on this team. This team's going to win a couple games this season. They're going to win a few games. They're definitely going to win. They're, they're not going to finish the season with, with a big, fat goose egg in the win column. That much I know. Yeah. And I'm very excited to see the future of this Cleveland Browns team. I can confidently say that they are going to win more games than last year. <laughs> and I know that's not much, obviously. But I, like you, I have a soft spot for this team only because I think I've said it before on this podcast, but I really like underdogs and i really like underdog stories like i like 
bad teams going like I, I I did talk about this because I talked about it with you Jacksonville did, yeah. and then yeah, I, yeah. you know like the Houston Astros those, those kind of teams I really like seeing terrible teams make a rise to the top it's really it's just very fun to watch the process and the trials and errors obviously like the 16 quarterbacks that they've gone through in the past five years but it, it it's just really fun so I do have a so- soft spot for this team and it looks really solid this year um now I have a f- uh, I don't know. I have a few questions about it, but other. So let's get into wide receivers. Jarvis Landry, fantastic, obviously. Antonio Callaway, they like him a lot. That they think he has a lot of promise. So I think with the right quarterback, he's going to be really good. And then Josh Gordon, he's proven that even after long breaks of being away from the NFL, he'll come in for a game or two before he gets suspended again, and he'll just light it up. He'll just light up the field again. So he he's proven that he can come back if he's healthy. He's going to be a game changer. There's no question about that. The offensive line did take a hit losing Joe Thomas, but I still like Joel B- Bitonio. Bitonio. Yeah, Joel Bitonio. I, I, he's a really good left tackle. I like him. J.C. Treader, solid in the center. And then they have a, this rookie uh, this rookie uh, left guard that they have uh, a lot Austin of faith Corbett. in. Yeah, yeah, they like him a lot. David Njoku, fantastic young tight end i think he has a lot of potential apparently on hard knocks i can't watch it because i don't have hbo but apparently on hard knocks he has a very crappy attitude as far as practice goes so if he can turn that around he can uh he's gonna be he's gonna be a solid player in this league and carlos hyde really good running back i'm not exactly sure why he left san francisco i I, i'm money i guess i was he a free agent this year I believe, I believe so. Or did they? Tra- I think they traded him. I don't remember. Neither do I. It, it, that was a weird situation to me. But Cleveland got a really good running back, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So and then Duke Johnson's really solid too. Nick Chubb will get his moment eventually. This defense is stellar. Miles Garrett, one of the best defensive ends, even though he's really young. I think he's got loads and loads of potential. The, the rest of the line is okay uh but I think it'll be I think it'll I think it'll be good enough for this because I think this uh defensive back this defensive seven is stellar Denzel Ward is going to be a star at corner then they have EJ Gaines they have Terrence Mitchell they have Travis Carey all of these cornerbacks are going to be very very solid for the for the Cleveland Browns and then not even to mention their safeties I think Demarius Randall is going to have a kind of a renaissance when he because he played corner in Green Bay. Now he's playing safety in in uh, Cleveland. I think that's going to help him a lot. That that fits his style more. So I think he's going to help that team a lot. And Jabril Peppers, fantastic athlete. Once he figures out the just playing one position thing, I think he'll be okay. I think he's still yeah he's still returning kicks, but you know he, once he actually figures this all out, he's going to be fantastic too. And then the middle line, or the linebackers are pretty solid. I like Joe Schobert, Schobert a lot. He's out of Wisconsin. Overall, this def- I think this defense is fantastic. I think it's going to be really solid. Like I, it has the potential to be really solid, but I think I think that it's going to reach that potential. I I would put my money on it. And this offense, oh, I definitely skipped over the quarterbacks. So, if you want to hear my opinions on rookie quarterbacks, <laughs> go listen to Monday's podcast because I kind of dove into it a little (laughs) we could say a little i 
I'm I, I got pretty heated about it. So if you want to hear my opinion on a little, on, yeah. If you <laughs> if you want to hear my opinion on that, go listen to Monday's podcast. But basically, I don't think Mayfield should start, and I don't think he should play for the majority of the season. Specific and more specifically, you know, with the Jets, I thought Sam Darnold shouldn't start because they have Teddy Bridgewater. Give him a chance. I I have the same feeling here because. Baker will benefit for, from sitting, and Tyrod Taylor is a really good quarterback. He brought the Bills to the playoffs for the first time in ever. So I think he, I honestly think he could potentially do that with this Cleveland team. He's that yeah, good of a quarterback. Like, it, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, really just, I mean, even though, I mean, yeah, if, everyone, if anyone wants to go back in here, kind of like my rebuttal to the whole starting quarterback thing, Yeah, this might be the one scenario where I'm just like, you know what? Let Mayfield sit half the season. Yeah, Tarod Taylor can't. He can. He can get the job done. He Absolutely, can certifiably get the job done, and he can. Like you, meant, you saw the job they did with the Bills, and he and he gave the Bills an offensive dimension that we really haven't seen in quite some time. Exactly. Exactly. And now he's got even more talent around him as far as offense. Like he he really didn't have too much. He had Lashawn McCoy at running back. That's you know the receivers were iffy. Now they now he has a solid receiving core, an okay offensive line, a really good tight end, and a solid running back uh, core. I think I think Tyrod's going to be able to carry this team, maybe not to a playoff win this year because the AFC is stronger, but I it, they have the potential for a wild card. They really do. It's so I so like I said, if you want to hear my rant, go back go back and listen to Mondays. But I don't think Baker should start. I think Tyrod should I think they should let Tyrod take this team to where he can. And then if anything else, that'll up his draft stock and or his trade stock and they can trade him away for when they ultimately want Baker to start. So yeah, overall this team is going to be really good because the offense has a lot of talent on it, so we'll see how the potential for that talent uh does during the regular season. That'll be interesting to watch, but I think this defense will answer the call when it comes to their potential. I think they really are going to be able to perform this this year, even though they're very young. But I, yeah, I I can't say enough good things about this Cleveland team. They're really, even though the rebuild has taken so long, they're finally towards the end game. I think they they really have enough talent to actually start going. You know, getting a couple free agents over the offseason and really starting to make some noise. Towards, They're like the 76ers the of the NFL, except I actually like the Browns. <laughs> I actually like the Browns. I don't like the Sixers. I enjoy the Sixers. And there's really Oh, yeah, you don't, like, you don't like Embiid. One person. Yep. I despise Embiid. <laughs> Absolutely can't stand him. Oh, my goodness. All right. Lord, when, NBA, when NBA season rolls, around and people are going to enjoy me going all the way in on Joel Embiid so I can't wait oh boy let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens Connor what do you think of the Ravens next year this may be the most important season and Mr. No one fully knows whether I'm elite or not but I think I'm elite because my paycheck says I'm elite Joel Flacco (laughs) Because they traded into the first round to get Lamar Jackson, who is currently, as it stands, listed as the second string quarterback on the depth chart that is posted right now. 
Now, whether or not that stays true going into week one of the regular season, I don't know. I think Lamar Jackson has been fairly – he's shown flashes, and he's shown that athleticism, you know, his, the arm strength and the, and the accuracy. But all of that's been wildly inconsistent. So I think they're better off having RG3 as a number two quarterback because I do yes. think, A, they should, they, should keep all, they should keep all three quarterbacks. And, B, Lamar Jackson is going to get on the field one way or the other with all the different packages they can run. So yeah. <clears throat> I, think not- he, I think he is the epitome of what I was arguing about. Like, he, oh. he needs to sit behind someone and oh, yeah. know, he is, learn the he NFL is, ropes. Yeah, all the other quarterbacks I can make an argument for right. to start one. Lamar Jackson is the one I'm just like, ain't no way you should be starting Mm -mm. this season unless the other two quarterbacks get their bells rung. Right. I think he has potential in the future, but not now. Not yet. Oh, yeah. And like I said, Lamar Jackson, he's going to find his way on the playing field this season, one way or the other. He has the athleticism to do so. And they've even confirmed that they're going to run different packages for him. Looking elsewhere on the team, the wide receiving core. They got the help of with Michael Crabtree and, and all of that. But other than that, I mean, really, we'll see. Willie Snead is Willie Snead is. I'll give I'll give him credit. He's pretty he's pretty good, mm-hmm. pretty decent. A Devier Posey, let's say as a third string wide receiver. But I have a I have a weird cult following uh, liking him. I don't know why. <laughs> I think I liked him in college or something like that. Mm. Couldn't I really couldn't tell you why I like him? But that's fair. For whatever reason, I've always been like, oh, I like this. Uh, Brashard Perriman needs. To, uh, I, I hope he gets it together because he's had a serious case of the Amari Coopers. I mean, uh-huh. the drops. Um, Come on. Hey, man. I call it <laughs> to see it. You can't tell me Amari uh, Cooper dropped a lot of easy balls last year. I did. And the year before. Just makes me <laughs> sad. Uh, the offensive line should, could, maybe, we'll get, we'll, we'll get the job done. Like I said, the most intriguing part of this entire offense is Joe Flacco because he has RG3 who's starting to piece he's starting to piece things together. Seeing the preseason that you know he's he's a, he's really learned from his mistakes, especially taking a year away from football. Right. You know he's learned to he's learned to not take too many risks out of the pocket. You know, getting the ball out, checkdowns, all the like. So he's he's starting to morph his game and into a way where he can he can be a quarterback somewhere and still have a fair not this not the career that everyone thought he would have coming out of Baylor but a, a career nevertheless which a yes. lot of people didn't think he would have after two seasons ago <clears throat> so there's that the defensive side of the ball Eric Weddle was still there and <laughs> as a free safety and for whatever reason he's still really good and I could say the exact same thing for Terrell Suggs Truth. Who is a first ballot Hall of Famer without be. a shadow of a doubt? No. C.J. Mosley, oh lord, that's talking. We want to talk about elite. He's a couple seasons away from really being an elite middle linebacker. I in this really league. like him. At the, the guy, the guy has talent. Yeah. The guy is so good. Brandon Carr, I think, is a is a is a good cornerback. Michael Pierce at the nose tackle position. Brent Herb. And Brandon Williams uh, at the end and the and the and the defensive tackle position. It that by default of the rest of the division, the Ravens will somehow find themselves. Com- you know, in I mean, they're competitive. They're more competitive than the Browns. 
and they're on par-ish with the Bengals, if that. But I don't expect a whole lot from this Ravens team because I think, and I, I just, I just wonder how the team, how Flacco specifically, the team is going to go as far as Joe Flacco goes. If he plays like the man who got the, who was at one point the highest paid quarterback in the league, then I think then I think that alone with the strength of that defense, which I think is 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 it's definitely good. It's not great, it's not elite, it's just good. It is, that's all it is. Yeah. Uh, but I think if Joe Flacco if Joe Flacco plays like the Joe Flacco did when he led the led the Falcons and to a Super Bowl victory, they can make a push to maybe, maybe crack a wild card spot because I do not think they're winning this division at all. No. But the moment Joe Flacco falters, the cries for Lamar Jackson or even RG3 are going to start ringing out like crazy. So it's going to be a very interesting dynamic to see what happens here. You know, I, you know, I, I do think this Ravens team is going to be plenty competitive, but I, I there's too many. The AFC, even though I still think it's got it's weaker in comparison to the NFC, it's definitely gotten stronger. And I think there's too many other teams that are going to be vying for those two wild card spots in the AFC. And maybe the Ravens will be the Ravens will be in the conversation, but I don't think they're gonna they're gonna come out with one of the, with one of those spots. But the team goes as far as the Joe Flacco situation goes. In my honest opinion, it goes as far as he goes, more so than really ever this year. Yeah, absolutely. And personally, I don't think that it's very far <laughs> because especially over the past couple of years, he's shown that he isn't. He hasn't been very consistent and he isn't that good. And it's, to me, it also doesn't help that they've had problems at the running back position ever since Ray Rice uh, had to leave the team. Right. So Alex Collins, I don't know if he's the answer. They seem to like him. They seem to be sticking with him, but I don't, I still haven't seen any consistency out of it. The receiving core actually impresses me. I, you know, I didn't know that they had this much talent. You know, Michael Crabtree is going to help a lot. John Brown, very talented dude, very speedy mm-hmm. dude. Willie Sneed, solid wide receiver, and like you said, Brashad Perriman. I think if he can actually you know catch a ball he's he's a really good receiver too so i i do like the uh, the the receiving core offensive line is pretty meh it's you know marshall yonda is about the only one that i can say is a solid guy so that also won't help joe flacco i just think he he's not going to have a lot of time to throw and he's not going to have a running game to to depend on so a lot of teams are going to be able to play the pass a little more i think I'm going to say this right now. I don't think Joe Flacco is the starter come the end of the season. Now, I don't know if they rush Lamar into that spot or if they try RG3 towards the end of the season. I don't know. But I honestly don't think Flacco is going to make it through the season. So you think So you think they keep three quarterbacks as well? Yes, they should. Okay. They were, yeah, like you said, I think RG3 is a safe bet at, at the two. And then they, I don't think Lamar – I think Lamar should stay on the team, but I don't think he should be – playing necessarily this year. I don't think he should be playing quarterback this year. Um so yeah, I the offense is shaky to me. They have the receiving talent, but everything else around them isn't fantastic. And I think Flacco's on a decline. Defensively, it's 
it's weird because they have a decent amount of talent on the defensive side, but I still can't get behind them as a whole defense. Like, you, you know, Terrell Suggs. That's my problem, too. Right? That like, is exactly my problem. Like, they have enough talent, but I'm just like, but for whatever reason, I can't give – I respect them enough yeah. to admit that they're really good, but I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, they're going to – it's 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 like a typical Baltimore Ravens defense because it's – Which is – I don't know if they really are. It's strange because logically you look at this and you have Michael Pierce in the middle who's solid on the nose tackle, Terrell Suggs who can rush the passer like anyone else, C.J. Mosley, who's a fantastic middle linebacker. I like him a lot. Brandon Carr and Jimmy Smith out on the corners. And then Eric Weddle, who's obviously fantastic at the safety position. So, like, you have people who can stop the run. You have people who can rush the quarterback. You have people in the middle who can defend, on the ends who can defend, and in the middle deep who can defend. But I still, like... Like I said, like logically, this looks like a really good team, or the, defensively at least. But I, last year they didn't show too much defensive prowess. Like they didn't really, they didn't really show a lot. So I'm, I'm interested to see who's their defensive coordinator. I don't know who you are. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if their defense was solid. Don Martingdale. Yeah, but like I said, don't know who he is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I can see this defense being solid, but the fact that they won't have a good offense is going to hinder them a lot. I don't know if this offense can outscore people, even if this defense stops them enough. I, I can see them winning a few games. Like you know, I can see Flacco having a good game here or there, and the defense stepping up, but. Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> That's all I can say about this team. It's really hard to tell. Like they I just I just don't have a good feeling about this defense. Even though logically I should. But I Oh, and they have the one of the best kickers in the league in Justin Tucker. <laughs> I love Justin Tucker. But anyway, I yeah, like I said, I don't know about this team. I I don't think that they are as good on the field as they look on paper. That's all I'll say. All right, let's wrap this up. Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the Bengals next year? Can they please add a depth chart thing on their on their dang website? <laughs> like honestly, like this is really like, this is really annoying. Like why can't we just do these things, man? Oh, go on, like, go on the one that I'm using. Go on our lads. On what? Ourlads.com slash NFL depth chart slash depth chart. That's the website I use. How did England get involved? Anyway. I don't know, man, but they're really good. <laughs> um, Shout out to our lads. <laughs> right. Jolly good show, lads. Um, <laughs> all right. Anyways. <laughs> Enough of that. Let me look at, the, te- let me look at the, the main players that they have spotlighted here because I think that's the intention of the spotlight tab here. I don't Fair. know. Or maybe, or maybe I just don't know how website design works anymore. But I'm pretty sure this is where it begins. Andy Dalton. You know? Good enough. I guess. Um, I, exactly. <laughs> that's it. I mean, he can get the job done, but that's... Yeah. I don't want to say it's few and far between. Because he has shown that when the time comes... 
he definitely can rise to the occasion, but but not in January. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. He just. I don't think he has a playoff <clears throat> win yet. No, and he's made uh, it. I'd say four or five times, at least. You know, it's it the the Bengals in general are just interesting like that, where they see, like they seem to be getting, they like they seem to really want to put a stranglehold and make it competitive in that division. But then when it gets close to playoff time, they just they falter. But overall, Andy Dalton is a solid quarterback for lack of better terms. Carlos Dunlap is a really good defensive end. AJ Green. This is what happens when you don't seize the moment, AJ Green, because there's a billion other wide receivers who are better than you. LOL. <clears throat> well, not a billion. He's still in the top ten. AJ Green is still the top ten wide receiver, but his claim that he's a top five wide receiver. Uh yeah, I don't really him a top three wide receiver. I'm gonna go with no. Um, <laughs> Geno Atkins, a, a a definite defensive threat. Joe Mixon. You know, I'm very the Joe Mixon project. I'm just I was always I was very interested to see how that was gonna work out. You know, with everything going on, <clears throat> you know, with his off the field issues and everything. And side note, uh, he got on the roster and was drafted and. Ray Rice has not seen the light of day of an NFL or a football field. So, true. Because of that. But I was always a Ray Rice fan and everything like that. But, anyways, the Joe Mixon project I think is working out very well. The dude is quick. Like, oh my goodness. Blink and he's gone. Dude, I, I, Joe Mixon, the football player. Let me, let me, so let me just get that out right now. So, and nothing gets lost in, you know, what I'm going to explain. Right. Joe Mixon, the football player. Is one heck of a talent. Yes. An absolute talent there. And looking at the rest of the roster, Devontae Boyd, Tyler Boyd, Andrew Brown. They have a lot of they have a lot of Browns and Boyds. Um Vontae's perfect is a player that he's like he's he's like an NHL goon. Hmm. Except Except goons have more playing ability, I feel. Whereas Vontae's perfect. I mean, yeah, we know he he can. He's a hard hitter, but I think that's all he can do at this point. Really? He's just, I, cause I, sp- I think he spends more time trying to knock somebody's head off and get suspended than he does actually playing coverage and everything. He's respectable yeah. in coverage, and as a pass and as a pass rusher, he again, when you want to knock somebody's head off, I, I'm kind of hope you're good at rushing them <laughs> because right. they're trying to. Because they're, because they're trying to go full speed ahead. But he he is, I don't want to say he's inconsistent, but he's such, he's a loose cannon, mm-hmm. is the best thing I can say about him. He's an absolute loose cannon. Darquise Dar- Denard at the cornerback position. You said it best earlier. You really said it best. This is a team that is in that weird purgatory. They're just in this weird purgatory where they can be competitive. They have the talent to be competitive. They can definitely get play themselves into the playoffs and everything. <clears throat> but they just can't get the job done when they get there. And I wonder, I wonder just how much longer they're going to settle for mediocrity. Mm-hmm. How much longer they're how much longer they're going to settle for just good enough or almost there. 
I wonder how long it's going to take him. I don't know if it's going to take – I don't know if it's going to take the coaching change. You know, I don't know if it's going to take a new quarterback. I don't know. But the one word that kind of comes to mind, despite them having some success in the regular season, is overall mediocrity. Because you can be good in the regular season, but if you can't get the job done in the postseason, what's really the point? Especially if you make a habit out of being good in the regular season – but laying an egg in the postseason. So mediocre, mediocre is, is the is the word for this team. And they which I don't understand because there's enough talent. There is enough talent to shed that mediocre line, but they just I don't I don't think they're ever gonna see past that mediocre line. My biggest question for this team is how many how many more chances does Marvin Lewis get? Because Honestly, he he just seems to he must be a really good negotiator when it comes to contract time. He just seems to get extension after extension after extension for really mediocrity. Like you said, like they haven't won a playoff game. He, they've been eight and eight the majority of his tenure. It, I, that doesn't make any sense. And then the other question is, how many more chances does Andy Dalton get? Because he's been a very mediocre, mediocre. Jeez, he's, he's been a very mediocre quarterback. He's gotten them to the playoffs a few times, like I said, but then when he gets there, he lays an egg. He doesn't do anything. I honestly, I think after this season, if they if they still don't do good, which I don't think they will, I think they need to start reassessing that the coaching staff as a whole. But then also they need to look at the quarterback position. They need to maybe look trading up in the draft to try to get a quarterback or maybe signing someone in the offseason. I don't know, but they I think they need to start looking away from the quarterback position. That might be my uh <laughs> that might be me being uh petty against Andy Dalton because uh, T because he, him and TCU beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl, but that's beside the point. I still don't think he's a good NFL quarterback. Like he hasn't shown me anything. It's a lot like Ryan Tannehill. I think he does have potential, but he has shown me nothing in the NFL to to give me any hope that he could be a like a reliable start. Not like I think this Bengals team has almost like plateaued. Like I don't think this team can get any better with the current roster. They, they that, that's a that's a good term to use, right? Plateau. Like they they make yeah. the playoffs. They we've we've seen them make the playoffs, <clears throat> and they can do that. But I don't think that they can get any better with this roster as to win a playoff te- or win a playoff game and even advance anywhere. Um, AJ Green, fantastic receiver, but there's more people behind him or above him i mean john ross is reliable so he'll be okay and alex erickson i want to be really good because he's from wisconsin but i think he's a good talent offensive line is meh running back i do like joel mixon as a as a running back obviously he's got some shady personal stuff but i'm looking at him as a running back i think he's got a lot of talent he'll be a good running back and giovanni bernard we know can run tight end is interesting well they have tyler eifert that's for sure but you know he he's good and then after that it's shaky but Tyler Eifert he's a solid guy I wouldn't be surprised if Eifert got shipped this year if he if if he wanted out I was gonna say severely underrated tight end oh absolutely yeah but he gets he doesn't get any love (laughs) right because he's part of a very Mm -hmm. mediocre team exactly yeah um Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins are gonna get at the quarterback that's just a fact. But other than uh, oh, and Preston Brown, I like. I really like at a middle linebacker position. He played good for Buffalo. Vontez Perfect. I'm a little higher on him as a player than you are. I do like. 
I do think he's too focused on, you know, basically being a hitman for the Bengals. But I think with the new penalty rules, he's going to have to bring that back. And I think then he can maybe focus more on actually playing. But I think he, specifically rushing the passer, I think he's a really good linebacker. We'll see how he can do more in coverage this year. Drake Kirkpatrick, solid guy. Other than that, they don't have too much in the deep seven. So this defense, like I've said for other teams, if they can get to the quarterback, but if the quarterback can get rid of it in two seconds, they're not going to have time to get to the quarterback. So coverage is going to be a big thing for this defense in the back seven. So I don't I don't think this defense will be able to stop too many people. I don't think this offense is going to be super stellar in any it for any means. Like I honestly I I don't have a lot of faith in Andy Dalton, so I don't think they're gonna put up a lot of points. I don't think this team I, I think you put it best. Mediocre. <laughs> There's they're they've plateaued and they're stuck in purgatory. That's all I'm gonna say. So let's get to the actual predictions. Who do you have at four? Cleveland Browns. They'll win some games, but it, but it, but it, but it won't be enough. Mm-hmm. I still I still think that even though there's a lot of young untapped, <laughs> a lot of young untapped potential on this Browns team, there's still enough sure thing but talent on the other three teams, which will prevent them. But I mean, in in, in all honesty, though, and I don't mean this to be or you know derogatory towards the Browns, but winning a few football games is progress enough. I oh, think. absolutely! Like, like even if they do finish last in the division or anything like that, winning some football games, knowing knowing they could piece it together, is enough. And I think they're going to be in for the most part every single football game they play this regular season. So I also think that we'll we'll definitely be able to look at that at the end of the season. So. Hmm. They'll finish in last place, but they're going to be a very entertaining team to watch. I have the Cincinnati Bengals at four because I really don't see a lot of potential in this team at all. I don't see any, you know, the talent that I do see. I don't. I think they all contradict each other. I don't think. I don't think it's going to be a good year in Cincinnati. And I think this is the year that they start to actually uh, assess the quarterback position. I think I had them. I didn't write my stuff down this week. I'm pretty sure I had them at five and eleven, at the four spot. So we'll see how that goes. All right, who do you have at three? The Cincinnati Bengals, okay. because of the media, because of of that mediocrity. Yeah, because of that mediocrity. I, I, you know, I wonder how many years are gonna, how many times are gonna give Marvin Lewis that extent extensions on his contract, like you mentioned. Mm. But if they want to settle for mediocrity, that's fine. But I would think that they want to try to go for it since the Steelers might be tailing, might begin to tail off sooner rather than we think. Maybe. But maybe. I don't know. <laughs> me, 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 mediocrity is the thing that's going to hurt this Bengals team. And I, it's really going to hurt them this year because there's more, there's more at stake for the two teams ahead of them, and there's a lot more talent in, elsewhere in the AFC. Um, at three, I have the Baltimore Ravens. I think quarterback play is going to be a big thing this year. And even though Flacco has proved that he can be solid, I don't think he will be this year because his offensive line won't be able to help him too much. And I don't think the running game will help him a lot. And like I said, for whatever reason, I'm not sold on that defense. I could be proven wrong. 
but that's just my feeling right now. I have them at seven and nine, third place in the division. Connor, who do you have at two? Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. I trust John Harbaugh as a head coach to get this team out there to be pretty competitive. And, I mean, you said it best. Quarterback plays. Oh my gosh, we've said it really the entire time <laughs> as we previewed every division. Quarterback play yeah. is huge. But I am confident in Joe Flacco do holding off the calls for Lamar Jackson and even RG3. I'm confident I'm confident that he can hold them off just enough. You know, with every and especially with everybody else getting paid elsewhere with quarterbacks and everything, I think he still wants to show that he even though it's you know, it's the most hot probably one of the most hotly debated topics of oh is Joe Flacco a leader or not? I think he still wants to show people that he can be in that conversation. And I think he plays a little he, – he plays enough like it to, again, have the Ravens competitive. This is a competitive football team from top to bottom. There's just – and the team will go as far as Joe Flacco goes. The defense, I trust enough, you know. But I do think this Ravens team is competitive enough. And, again, they're more of a sure thing than the Bengals are. The oh, yeah. Bengals have talent, but they're marred in mediocrity. Yes, and I think that mediocrity is carrying over into the regular season now. I apparently have more faith in Tarod than you do, because I, I have, love Tarod, but I just think it's I it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a process. I I agree, but like I said earlier, I think that they're towards the end of the rebuild, towards the end of the process. I think that this defense is going to step up. I think they're all. I shouldn't say all. I think most of them, the majority of them, are going to reach their potential, specifically Miles Garrett on the end, and that's going to be huge. And mm-hmm. then I think Denzel Ward's going to hold his own this year. He'll be really good next year. And Jabril Peppers is going to figure something out. I think that defensive that defensive back seven is going to be really key because if they can hold people long enough, Miles Garrett's going to get to the quarterback. So I think that defense is really solid, and I think Terod has enough talent around him to make some noise on offense and outscore opponents more often I shouldn't say more often than not about 50 50 because I have them at eight and eight and yeah I I have a lot of faith in this team and I know that's high but that's probably that's definitely highballing I think the over under on Cleveland is six games but I'm gonna go on the over on this because I really I really believe in this team specifically to Rod Taylor and the coaching staff. I really am impressed with the coaching staff of Cleveland. I think it would, I think Hugh Jackson's going to be good. And I like I like Todd Haley on offense too. So I think that even even further helps to Rod Taylor. So I I like them. I have them at 2 at 8 and 8. And obviously, who do you have at 1? Steelers, they're without a shadow of a doubt the best talented team in this division, the most talented team in this division. Let me just say though that I'm not bragging on on the browns i still absolutely <laughs> adore them right I, I love tarod taylor i love what they have going on in in the cleveland organization i think six i think i think they're a six and ten team which again is plenty of progress yes that is plenty of progress alone that's not a reflection on how bad i think they'll play and mm-hmm. i do think they're going to be in every single game the browns play this season but looking at the steelers yeah, I think Big Ben has a chip on his shoulder because a lot of people are wondering if he's going to retire or not, if he's at the end of his rope. Le'Veon Bell, you know, he, he's playing to get that Odell Beckham money, hmm. even more so. He's playing to get. He's playing to get. He's Tucker, playing yeah. to secure. He's playing to secure the bag. So I mean, he's trying to make Todd Gurley money look like 
a rookie contract now. So I think we're going to see an absolute lights out Le'Veon Bell. We know what Antonio Brown can do. Juju Schuster-Smith in his second year, it's going to be fun watching his development. That team from top to bottom, offense, defense, special teams even, the most talented team in this division, and I expect them to make a pretty, pretty serious punch when we get to the postseason. The Steelers are my Super Bowl favorite coming out of the coming out of the AFC. I think they just have more talent than Jacksonville. They have a lot more talent than than uh, New England, and more. They did last year too, but you know, New England always finds a way to win. I don't think that happens this year. I think I think Pittsburgh's the heavy favorite to go to the Super Bowl, and I have them obviously winning the division. I have them again at thirteen and three around there. But, yeah, if if Big Ben, I think Big Ben will stay healthy because of that offensive line. Le'Veon Bell is going to play out of his mind. That receiving core is obviously great, and that defense is underrated. So I think, I really think this team's going to be really good this year. All right, so that wraps up our division predictions. Look at that. It only took us, what, <laughs> three weeks? Three weeks and SummerSlam in the middle of it. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Okay, but, yeah, so like I said, Friday – when Connor's actually here for the first time, we will be uh, wrapping up our NFL preview when we do playoff predictions. So look forward to that. And then come Monday, we will be back to just doing regular, uh, basically just covering the news, (laughs) talking about discussing anything in the news as far as anything sports related. It'll just go back to being, I guess I shouldn't say a regular podcast, but you know, just discussing the news two friends talking about it so uh yeah look forward for those episodes and also look forward for today for uh wrestling wednesday if you're a wrestling fan that'll be up today and also look in the future for some news regarding wrestling wednesdays there might be some changes coming to that so let's get to some segments let's go winners and losers connor who do you got winning today (laughs) oh man um, there's quite a few, but I'm going to go with Matt Holiday here. Actually, no, no, no. Oh, oh. I was going to go with Matt Holiday, but I'm going to go with the Colorado Rockies in general. Because starting nine, the little baseball sub thing of Barstool Sports, who I have a serious love-hate relationship with. They have funny stuff, but then they also post a lot of things that are just absolutely stupid and just reminds me that it that it's just a whole bunch of frat, frat boys and the occasional halfway decent human being in the office um, over at the over at Barstool. But so they took the the little picture of Matt Holiday when he was signing August during the players weekend. And the back of Matt Holiday's jersey says, I touched home in reference to the I believe that was the 07 uh, series. Ha! And but and then they so starting nine takes the picture crops out the watermark and everything, posts it on theirs, and then says, but did you? And then the Rockies clapped back at him in the comment section and everything, saying, basically calling them out for it, to which starting now was like, do you want us to tag you or, do, or this, that, the other, or take it down? And then the Rockies were just like, that's up to you. We've made our voices heard. 
And the funniest part about all that was was everybody in the comment section trying to play the comment police backing up Barstool, which leads me to show that literally half of Barstool's followers might literally be just a bunch of frat dudes who know nothing about the rules of the internet and just cop and just taking something off of someplace. And maybe this is just me being a stickler on it because, you know, journalism major. I I was taught this, you know, to give credit where credit's due, especially if you're going to take something from a source. But, man, it was just great to see the Colorado Rockies just clap back at, at starting nine. And all the people apparently playing. Oh well, you're like, what? Why do you care? You're a losing baseball team. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chad. Put on your button-up pink shirt, your khaki shorts, and ch- and Chad on the porch while you wait for the freshman to show up on freshman moving day and not know a thing about how the about how internet laws work. Wow. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> Calling them out. I love it. Hey, man. I'm sorry. But that's literally, I, I, like I said, I have a love-hate relationship with Barstool, but it's even, the hate part is a lot of people that just make me want to ram my head through a wall. And it's usually some of the people they follow. That oh, yeah. Said, that being said, I love Barstool UWW. Absolutely. Fantastic. Adore it. Fantastic. It is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> my winner rant, today. Rant over. <laughs> rant over. My winner today obviously has to be Odell Beckham Jr., Secure the bag. Secured the bag. Highest paid NFL wide receiver. He got a five-year deal in New York worth $95 million. He secured a couple bags with that one. Like, bags plural. (laughs) Honestly. honestly. He's got a Brinks truck full of of bags at this point. And I honestly can't blame the Giants. As much as a diva as he is, he is really good <laughs> and he he's helped Eli Manning stay relevant the past couple of years he has made the Giants a good team like carried them through a weak part of their uh history like they didn't have a good defense Eli Manning was kind of dropping off he kind of carried them he brought them back to relevancy and now they have a really good defense and, and they have plenty of talent on the offense yeah so. and now they have more talent so he kind of helped them carry that through stayed stayed out of mediocrity it, it, he's just a fantastic receiver. He's definitely top three in the league. I keep saying that. My top three are Odell, Antonio Brown, and Julio Jones. Easy. Same. Yeah, I I don't think I don't think anyone would argue with that. But yeah, good for him. Good for the Giants keeping him. He's going to be great for them. I think they need to start shopping for a quarterback. But that's beside the point. Winner is Odell Beckham. Connor, who do you got losing? You no, know, for the longest time. Otto Beckham for the longest time was my favorite NFL player <laughs> in the league. Yeah. Until the future reigning, defending, undisputed oh. NFL MVP, Deshaun Watson got drafted. And then Odell Beckham became my second favorite NFL player. But I love um he deserves every last penny of yes. that contract. In all in all honesty. Oh the loser today. The loser today. Is the fact that I that I realized that, damn, I'm old, because <laughs> a big three that I don't that I'm very glad uh-huh. I got to live to see most of which most of their heyday is now officially gone because the last of the Spurs' fabled big three has officially retired. Manu Ginobili officially called it a career, which means that. The San Antonio Spurs 
the day that everyone was kind of fearing would come sooner rather than later has officially come. Tim Duncan has been long retired. Tony Parker was traded, which I thought was good for both sides. Yes. Manu Ginobili, you know, you, time, time, father time is undefeated, as I said. So the Spurs are now, we're going to see the next generation of Spurs, which I'm very excited to see how Greg Popovich leads this new generation of the Spurs, which is going to be very entertaining to watch, especially led by DeMar DeRozan now. But man, dude. Manu's gone. Duncan's gone. Parker's gone. What the hell happened? Like this, like it actually sucks. Father time. Like, 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 like who else? Who else is 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 uh, Charles Barkley gonna scream his last name? <clears throat> I missed. I missed the whole Ginobili chance. I missed that. <laughs> but yeah, no. I think I think the loser the loser is that era. The loser is definitely that era because it is most definitely the end of a of, and the, an official end of one of the better eras, one of the better dynasties in in the NBA. So, you know, congratulations to Monty Ginobili. I believe he has a Hall of Fame career. I think all three of them in that big three deserve to be in the Hall of Fame sooner rather than later. And it'll be interesting to see what this new era of San Antonio Spurs basketball will be. My loser today is the Philadelphia Eagles because, well, apparently Carson Wentz, who tore his ACL last season, has still yet to be cleared for the for contact. So he is not he is not ready to return to an NFL field, to a football field yet. But Doug Peterson said uh, today, well, yesterday, for those who are listening, he said on Tuesday that he will be making a decision on the team's starting quarterback to open the regular season by Friday. But Peterson also said that he won't. As make, in this Friday? As, as in this Friday. Because they play Thursday. Oh. They play Thursday. They open the season That's on Thursday. That's right. Yes. So he said he was going to make the decision by Friday. But Peterson also said that he won't make the decision public. So he's really not making the decision yet. <laughs> like, it's... It's not really a final decision until it's public because he's basically saying, I'm going to make the decision, but I'm not going to tell you guys because I want to be able to change my decision if I can. So that's whatever. But yeah, Carson Wentz isn't cleared yet. I don't, there are reports saying that he might not even be cleared for week one. So the Eagles might be going into, you know, the week one game against Atlanta with, uh, with Nick Foles still at quarterback. So that'll be interesting. And you even mentioned before we started recording that Alshon Jeffrey isn't cleared yet to come back. The Eagles are going to be hurt in week one. So we'll, it'll be interesting because they might they might not be able to get off to a hot start in the season without all these players. So Eagles are losing today. All right. Before we wrap up the podcast, let's do one last thing. Connor, what do you have? Hey, everyone, I'm back in the studio on Thursday. So there's that. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you if you if anyone was a little was a little bit irked that I'm still that I'm that I'm still uh, doing doing Skype calls, that ends after today, at least for a while, at least at, right. least, at least for at least for a while. Also, I have a message to everyone who is a part of the Hawk Talk Battle Royale Fantasy <laughs> Football League. I have a message. Oh boy. Um, I just want to say 
that uh, first of all, the lotto was not rigged. I'm not David Stern. <laughs> Second of all, that's right. I still take shots at the old NBA commissioner. Shots fired. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Also, also, I have this to say. If any of you, any of you, decide to be a smart aleck, and at some point in the early stages of the draft, decide to decide to draft my unofficial client and the man who I spread the gospel of, the reigning, or the soon-to-be, reigning, defending, undisputed, National Football League most valuable player, Deshaun Watson. I'm going to spend all season going to trade for him. All damn season. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to budge. (laughs) (laughs) That man will be my starting quarterback all season. No, no, he won't. Mark my words. Go draft Aaron Rodgers. Deshaun Watson's my guy. Hey, man, if Aaron Rodgers is still available when I go to draft a quarterback, obviously. But, I, mean, Ted, I mean, we'll see how it works because it is a snake draft. But Exactly. Uh, they, oh, I have I have a way of drafting, and let me just tell you, you mm, – we'll see. It'll be, it'll be interesting. It, it, it's going to be a fun draft. I'm debating giving a commissioner's speech, actually, before the start of the yeah, draft because I'm, ex, because I'm extra. It's going to be it fun. Should, it should be a fun year. It's going to be a fun year of fantasy football, and I am still thinking that we should all play for a ti- for a like legitimate title belt. I wouldn't even mind that at all. I don't know if I'm going to buy like an actual fantasy football title belt and just have everyone pitch in, or if I should just fight, do the toy thing again. But <laughs> right, <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. My one last thing, again, you know, emphasizing Connor will be back uh, in the studio on Thursday for Friday's episode. So I. I can't wait for that. You guys should all be excited for that. Um, it's going to benefit the podcast as a whole. Um, but yeah, just uh, keep your keep your eyes out for uh, now that school's starting, and I have a lot more uh, people around me that want to do stuff and are able to help with things. I'm hoping to get the YouTube channel uh, more involved with everything. I'm hoping to do more stuff for that. I'm hoping to. Uh, there's going to be some changes regarding Wrestling Wednesday. I know we just started it last week, but I have some ideas that will uh hopefully will benefit the show altogether i think it's gonna i think it's a really good idea i think it's gonna i think it's gonna be good so keep your eye out for that i'll probably announce something on twitter once i have everything figured out um so yeah just keep your eye out on the social media accounts for any news regarding changes and updates for everything first round ko so keep it updated connor take us out Follow us on iTunes at First Round KO. Subscribe, give us a five star rating, and leave a review if you would so please. Also, find us on SoundCloud at the same with the same name. Give us a heart, follow whatever their thing is there, and leave a comment. Amsterdam, sweetie, you're doing great. We still <laughs> love you. We still love you. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, by the way. <laughs> also <laughs> on Stitcher. For those of you, who, and this is and this helps for, for again, just like SoundCloud, whether you have Android devices or Apple devices, or if you want to look at or have it pulled up on your desktop computers, we are now on Stitcher. Look us up on there. Every episode is available on Stitcher. Follow more, to to, know, to get more information about the podcast and any other news to be announced later. Follow the podcast at FRK 
O podcast on Twitter. Follow Kyle at Olson2K18. And follow myself at Connormore underscore seven. Links in the description. In the next episode, I'm back ah. in Whitewater. So, you have that to look forward to, as well as way, way, way incredibly too early, because we are fully aware of this, but we don't care. NFL playoff predictions. Yeah. <laughs> on Friday. So, there's that. And also, stay tuned later today for another drop of this podcast, but the Wrestling Wednesday version of this podcast. So, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for all of that. But, until then, we'll see you guys later. Stay tuned for the rest of the rest of Well, there goes my water bottle. Oh, <laughs> stay tuned for some more first round KO when we shock the system since day one is. Beg a begging, please don't make me feel this again. Things are getting eerie like the lake is down in Michigan. Had a good year, kind of tired. Where the Michel is at the finish line. Go get the checkered flag. Take a couple more shots. That's extended mag. I don't mean to brag. You smell the scented bag. I pull up solo at the function. I'm a tennis dag. Stone cold bachelor. Acid rap and chancellor. Couple years in amateur, but never had a chance. We are. You see me as a challenge to manage it. Into-